Hello, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Welcome to the second episode of the Freethinker Pod, a um, generally an hour-long podcast where we sit and just discuss news from the past week, political analysis, insight, and try to have some lighthearted humor here and there. Um, this, uh, this is Ian Burgess again, and I'm here with my friend Trey. Hello! <laughs> <laughs> and boy, oh boy, is it coming down to the wire. The next time you hear from us, it's going to be hopefully the uh, the end of the Trump presidency. Um, the oh. election... <laughs> God, please! <laughs> the election is slated for Tuesday, November 3rd, if you are registered please 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 go vote it is the only time that the we the people are able to bend the government to our will let your voice be heard and vote this orange racist pumpkin out of office yes please. <sighs> so anyway that being said um amy coney barrett has been um quote-unquote, elected to the court. <laughs> <laughs> really? She has been appointed to the Supreme Court. She has been confirmed. And then, you know, just like everybody, just like some low-rate magician, all the Republicans in the Senate just disappeared without a trace. Uh, fuck you and your family, guys. It's all about the nomination of Amy Coney Barrett. They don't care about you. They never have cared about you. And this just proves it. Yeah, I was telling Ian about this earlier. I don't remember who the senator was, but there was a Democratic senator who was basically screaming at the Republicans, calling them hypocrites for leaving right after nominating and then not doing anything about COVID. It's just horrifying. Exactly. Um, and these people want your votes. Yeah, so don't vote for them. <laughs> exactly. They Punish them. a day for you and don't put them in back in office. Right, like... Let your voice be heard. Elect people who will represent you and who will work for the American people, not for the corporate sponsors or the uh, lobbyists in Congress. So with the confirmation of Justice Barrett, um, there, of course, comes the fear that I think a lot of people are feeling right now. Um where, you know, the first thing slated to go is the Affordable Care Act. Um, mm -hmm. There is a court case that they're supposed to hear in a couple weeks about the Affordable Care Act. And, of course, because this is what she was appointed for, she will vote in favor of overturning it, which will leave millions of Americans without protection 20 plus million yep without protection and their insurance companies will drop it like it's hot and because they can and they're not all because they have pre-existing conditions like mm, pregnancy um cancer the cold yeah so anything. Uh, that's scary and then of course you know all of my lgbtq friends and family and myself included um, are worried about the status of uh, the rights that we've worked so hard for. And the Supreme Court case, Obgefell versus, versus Hodges, which was decided by one vote in favor. 
It's just crazy to me. How <laughs> <laughs> is this even a thing we vote for? <laughs> <laughs> right. So, you know, I've, I've heard stories about, you know, people scrambling to try and get get married before that Supreme Court case is overturned. And if you live in a state that traditionally has wanted to take away your rights to marry and love who you want to love and be who you want to be, then I suggest you go online and find paperwork that you can fill out and get squared away like powers of attorney you need to get general and specific powers of attorney medical and financial um, you need to have specific wills made um, you need to get affidavits for joint ownership of financial assets if you and your partner both own a house together or cars and something like that um, you need advanced directives made and in the case of any emergency medical services needed um and it, it it angers and saddens me that in 2020 we still have to fear for the right of people to love who they love yeah and we're gonna get into this later i think but um in the 60 minutes interview uh for joe biden he was talking about how america is a democracy when we move forward and when we start becoming a better country and just like a better unified people, we start growing more and more inclusive. And when you move backwards from that, you become more and more divisive and you become more and more or less and less of a democracy. So it's just baffling to me that we can move backwards like that and that we don't want to include people or hear someone else's voice. Right. And I know on this, this, um, podcast, we tend to lean more towards the left of lean, or like fall over. <laughs> <laughs> more towards the left of political issues. But even though I might disagree with somebody, this is still, I believe, a fundamental right for people to have their own opinions. Um, that being said, agreeing to disagree stops when you try to take away the rights of other people. Um, Agreeing to disagree is for putting pineapple on pizza. Disagree. <laughs> <laughs> and not for letting two people who are happily in love marry because they are the same sex or the same gender or letting people be the gender that they are. And this election, there's so much more riding on this election than just just the president's presidency. Yeah. And I think that's very apparent. We've seen record-breaking voter turnout rates it, just in the last couple of weeks. I think we're almost yeah. up to 50 million people who have voted just early voting, not absentee ballots, but actual in-person early voting. Yeah, which is insane. I know. In our, ever. I know. In um, our little neck of the woods, I know the early voting site has been wrapped and backed up around the block for every day since they started early voting. Can you imagine if we went blue somehow? <laughs> wow. I feel like it would be a very, very cold day in hell. <laughs> yeah. But then again, Texas is a toss-up now. So who knows? Who knows? <laughs> um, and 
I think Biden has a fair shot. I really do. I think, I don't think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be decisive. Um, I was looking at the latest projection maps and it shows Biden winning with 290 electoral votes. Now that doesn't count the votes from Pennsylvania, Ohio, Michigan, and Florida. Or Texas, right? Or Texas. So there's even without those, a Biden victory is shown and that gives me hope, but We also still need to remember that we need to work and vote as if Biden was losing in the polls if we want real change. Like, uh, you've probably heard this before, but this can't be close. Like, what that basically means is Donald Trump is trying to um, call the whole election thing a hoax, which no one is surprised by. But uh, he's going to try to say that votes are, you know, fake and things like that are happening. Um, which is one of his goals with the uh, mail-in ballots. He wants to cut them all off the night of the election. So don't count any more of them after November 3rd. That won't happen, thankfully, in a lot of places. Um, but some places that are you know, working towards that, you know, Supreme Court might be looking at another case in a specific state. I think Wisconsin. Yeah, Wisconsin. I think North Carolina for some reason, too. That rings a bell to me. But, um, yeah, it's like we were talking about last week. Republicans will try to... Um, Take your vote away from you or silence you. But uh, that's why it's important at the moment to get out and vote while you can. If you can, do in person. Mail-in ballots are kind of sketchy right now because of the whole thing like that. But if you, if you have to mail-in ballot, do mail-in ballot. I understand COVID-19 is pretty scary. I would do it too. Yeah. Or find a drop-off box. Yeah, that too. Um, because I know the voter suppression that the Republicans are trying to um, do goes you know even farther than the logistical side of mail-in voting it goes even into defunding and and putting holds on the u.s postal service causing yeah. them to be backed up and slow and they're going all out they are they're doing everything they can because they know that when everybody votes they lose because they know they don't represent the majority of Americans. No, they don't. And they haven't for years. I saw, <laughs> I saw a funny stat the other day. It was like if everyone under 30 voted, uh, and only people under 30 could vote, and it was like 300 plus electoral college votes to like 100 something. It was like, yeah. oh, in favor of, uh, what do you call it, the Democrats. But mm-hmm. yeah, it was, it was crazy. There's an 85% chance, I believe I read that, the Democrats will hold control of the House, and there's a 75% chance that they will assume control of the Senate, too. They need three seats for Senate or four? They need, um, they, need three, they need three seats for a simple majority, um, but they're slated to, to have enough, to have a workable majority in the Senate. Thank God. Yeah. Get Mitch McConnell out of <laughs> good old turkey neck. It's Thanksgiving. Time to chop him up. It's turkey neck season. Let's go. Come on, Kentucky. Um, but in even in states like Georgia, you see, you know, Biden was rallying, campaigning there in Georgia, mm-hmm. which traditionally Democrats don't usually campaign that much in the southern states because it's mostly a lost cause. But yeah. Um, here we have Biden spending a lot of money and time in Georgia, and he wouldn't if they didn't think they had a shot. 
and Georgia has two Senate seats open this election. So, and then also, you know, with a, a Democratic House and Senate, there's the possibility to adding more Senate seats by, you know, adding Puerto Rico and DC into the union. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, Texas is a toss up. Like that's the first time in, I don't even know how long, I think 20, 30 years that Texas has been a a toss up and not solid in less Republicans. I think so. I think the last, last time Texas went blue was for Clinton. It's insane to me. It was like I was alive when Texas was blue. <laughs> <laughs> right. Same. But so there's a lot riding on this election. And with everything that's riding on it, it seems it can seem very overwhelming. But there is hope. There is there are systems in place that will protect our votes. And I honestly believe Biden has a shot. Yeah, I think it's. I don't know. I would call it more than a shot, but again, don't want to get ahead of yourself. You know, anything could happen with this orange man at the at the helm. But uh, yeah, I think as long as you go out and vote, I think we'll be okay. And and bringing it back to the Supreme Court, uh, the biggest topic of discussion after the illegitimate appoint appointment of. Amy Coney Barrett into the Supreme Court, giving the conservative side a 6-3 majority, which is a very scary majority. Crazy. Uh, the big topic of conversation now is um, how to rebalance the court, because it's obvious that the Republicans have packed this court. Oh, yeah, and then they're going to accuse us of packing the court as soon as Joe Biden gets elected, which is totally uncalled for. And I know, um, I know you were watching the sixty-minute interview mm-hmm. last night. I caught a little bit of it. What did you think of Biden's plan? I really like it because it doesn't um, it doesn't technically alienate Republicans from the idea, um, which is smart because he wants to pull out votes still. But the idea of taking a bunch of a lot of scholars and creating a committee to find out how many more people we need and who should be there and things like that and how to balance it fairly is very smart. Well, I think uh, we were talking about it last night. It is kind of fair at this point that Democrats could pack the court if they wanted to after Republicans have been doing this for so long. Um, I do think that making it fair and balanced again is something that's very important to me because I think either way, I mean, I am more left-leaning, but either way, the Supreme Court is for you know, for life. So I feel like it's one of the places that should be the most balanced in politics just because it, it has to be. I think my only problem with Biden's plan regarding the Supreme Court is I don't feel like it's decisive enough. It's not like soon enough, you mean? Or... Yeah, because yeah. a lot can happen with a 6-3 majority court True. by the time Biden's committee comes together and reaches a solution. I think he said it was like 100 days, which is a long time. That take a while. Yeah, and how many more, how many more rights do will be taken away by that point? How many yeah. more people will be subjected back to the discriminatory era of the of the civil rights movement? Yeah. Even it's scary to think about, and I do think it's something that might need to be done sooner. But I do like the idea he has at the very least. So, 
We'll just have to see how tomorrow or how how next week goes. <laughs> scared, <laughs> but not all is lost. Um, there's still hope. There's still a chance we can do this. Um, vote, vote, vote! Please vote. Please God. <laughs> oh now vote. Um. Switching gears here a little bit, um, we're going to talk about uh, the latest COVID nineteen updates. Um, the there is absolutely no way to sugarcoat it. COVID nineteen cases are surging. Um, at this point, we're up to one American dying from COVID or COVID-related complications every 107 seconds. And we've reached record-breaking numbers again. There's no hope for any kind of relief bill from the Senate at this point. They've all gone home for the weekend. Gone home for the holiday. Yeah. Mm, that just makes me pissed off. <laughs> like, we talked about it earlier, but, like, just do what you do and then don't give a shit about the American people who have been clamoring for COVID relief for mm-hmm. since what? When was the last one? April? April or May? I think. Yeah. Or July. Unemployment shit ended in uh, July or early August. So mm-hmm. there literally has been zero uh, reparations for anything related to COVID right. since then. And um, a new coronavirus variant has been seen spreading across Europe. Oh, um, they identified it. At, health officials in Europe have identified a new variant of the coronavirus. They call it twenty A EU one, and it's been recorded in Spain at frequencies of above forty percent since July. And so that's a that's a new development that sounds like might be headed our way, especially considering how we're handling the current variant of the yes. coronavirus. That's very scary. <laughs> yeah, I know a lot of um, a lot of Midwest states are getting hit right now, and it's going to get even worse here soon. Some states are doubling, and even I think I don't think we're tripling yet, but we're even close to it. Um, North cases. North Dakota, if we isolated North Dakota and created an, its own country instead of it just being a state in the union, it would have the worst coronavirus infection rate in the world. <laughs> <laughs> And oh my gosh. there are talks in uh, Michigan and Wisconsin about rational care, which means not giving care to the elderly because they might not survive. They don't have the higher chances of surviving this the than the young than younger people do. What the hell? When did we ever get to that point? What are we primitive? <laughs> well, it's not. It's not a question of ethics. It's a question of ability. Our well, our our um the healthcare system is so overrun by the amount of cases coming in. They don't have the manpower. They don't have the supplies in order to treat that. So they have to make that a very terrible decision and difficult decision on how to best appropriate care. Stay the fuck inside. <laughs> Wear a mask. I don't care where you're going. It's like Kermit the Frog said on TikTok, if I see you doing something non-essential without a face mask, I will break your kneecap. <laughs> yeah. It isn't a joke anymore. In some possible better news, one of the COVID vaccine creators, Moderna, is on track to report 
late state late stage COVID nineteen vaccine data, which means it's another step closer to a FDA approved working vaccine. So we are weeks and weeks away. <laughs> we have the absolute. <laughs> Best coronavirus vaccine. I think we've done a good job. Maybe even a great job. That was like, oh, going back to 60 Minutes, that made me laugh so hard. Like, the way he talks is almost almost comparative to if any of you are in college or have been in college and have to have a certain number of words for an essay. The way Donald Trump talks is almost like You've been writing that essay. You've run out of ideas, but you still need a few words to reach that mark. So you just start throwing random adjectives everywhere. As much as possible. And then uh, there's another thing you said. What was it? Um, they're asking about healthcare with pre-existing conditions because Republicans have been saying they're going to do it for ages and obviously have no plan to do it. Um, but I don't remember who the interviewer uh, is. I forget her name. But you asked him about it, he's like, we'll just have to see what happens. We'll just have to see what happens. Maybe it'll be great. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that, <laughs> that is the president. We'll just have to see what happens. Man, these are tough questions. <laughs> and then he throws a tantrum because he's asked very tough questions like that and gets up and leaves. And you see Mike Pence having to come in and try to do damage control when really that little sycophant does is just repeat what Trump says. You see it on his face. I was talking about this with Ian the other day. You see it on his face, like, in my opinion, where it looks like he's just, like, breaking on the inside, and all he can say is, our president is a very outspoken man or something like that. And I'm just like... That's what you say about your crazy uncle at Thanksgiving when you meet new people. Yeah. You have to warn them. He's a man of many words. (laughs) It's like going into a family reunion with your new partner, and you have to warn them, hey, my uncle's a bit crazy. He's going to say these things, but don't. He's just a little crazy. Just don't let it bother you. Uh, That's our country, guys. We have a president (laughs) who talks like he's in 10th grade, and his parents asked him if he did the dishes, and he's like, we'll just have to see what happens. Maybe we did it. It might have been great. We have the best <laughs> dishes. And then we have a vice president who can only try to do damage control for that. <laughs> Love it. Uh, but it's just amazing. There's the stark contrast between, you know, and I, I know we compared Trump and Biden all the time, but. I mean, why wouldn't you? <laughs> it's election it's, it's week. really easy. <laughs> And it's, it's just the stark contrast between Biden and Trump's 60-minute interviews. You have, you know, Trump, who's a, a raging, lunatic baby man who gets upset when the reporter or the interviewer doesn't lead him into the right questions or let him answer she the bullshit. Regular damn questions. I'm pretty sure she asked half of the same questions to Biden, and it was literally like she asked Donald Trump a question. He skates around the question. She asked Biden a question, just like, bam, 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 dun, 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 answer, answer, answer. And that it's is the difference crazy. between a washed-up reality TV star and an actual politician who knows what he's talking about. Yeah, or like a New York businessman. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing against businessmen, but especially New York businessmen, you have a way of talking that is very interesting to me. <laughs> oh. Oh my goodness. I think uh, one of the things that made me really like, like, I don't know the right word for it, but um, Biden's interview and the six minute interview, 
he said, like, Donald Trump doesn't know who he's running against. He's running against me, Joe Biden. I was <laughs> like, oh, shit. And he <laughs> said that a few times in the debate, too. <laughs> and it's, it's they keep talking about how the right keeps talking about how Joe Biden is losing it, how he has dementia, how he's not there anymore. <laughs> But at least he remembers who he's running against and the yeah. platform of the person he's – well, lack of platform of the person that he's running against. Yeah, like every five minutes, Trump will bring up a stat about Hillary and it's like – Or AOC. Yeah, this isn't <laughs> you think you're running against. And I just love that self-confidence from Joe Biden. Like he's running against me. Like, Joe Biden. God damn, get him. <laughs> and just Joe Biden – saying, you know, he's running as a proud Democrat, but he's going to be America's president. So you have that. And then you have, it's huge. We're going to be great. Make this <laughs> country the best. Stop <laughs> To me, that, that, that decision is not very hard, but there are still so many undecided voters, and I'm just, I don't understand it. <laughs> can, we, can we please talk about Camilla Harris with... The 60 minute interview is Trump a racist? Like, not even a millisecond after. Yes. <laughs> then lists off examples one, two, three, four, five. Right. Or then, or how, how she was asked about um, how she's one of the most liberal senators. Oh my god, that made me pissed off. And I'm not even close to Trump. No. And, and so she was asked about that and she was asked to respond to that and I love her answer. It was, I'm not going to, in America shouldn't let, let the view of Donald Trump dictate what I stand for. Yeah. Donald Trump doesn't define me. I was like, oh damn. But like also, isn't Bernie Sanders a senator? Yes. Right. Senator <laughs> okay. from Vermont. Tell me how she is more liberal than Bernie Sanders though. You can't. Doesn't exist. My, I love Bernie, but like, Camila is not more liberal than Bernie. No, that's not. That's not the truth. You know, and like she. Oh my goodness, the stuff that she's been through is like, what do you, what do you call it as a senator? Like her political path all the way up to where she is is absolutely insane. Like wow, she's a very strong woman. Yeah, I wouldn't prefer any other woman in the White House for vice president or presidency. Honestly, yeah. and you know she has. She has a track record of being one of the toughest state's attorneys. And I think, honestly, that's why she did so well in the vice presidential debate is because she oh, has yeah. those skills necessary to break down the argument and back the person into a corner. Mm -hmm. And it's just great. Yeah, she's really well-spoken. And I think uh, we keep bringing up the 60-minute interview. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. There's YouTube clips that basically break it down to, like, 20 minutes each. But, um... Joe Biden was asked to describe her uh, and why she was a good running mate. And literally within like two seconds of the question, he rattled off like six different answers, just like one after the other. And I'm like, whoa. Right. And <laughs> then, you know, Kamala was talking about how, um, how people were questioning whether or not, you know, she thought Joe Biden was too center for her and her, his beliefs were too center and how she could support that. And, I love how she made the point that she wouldn't be on the ticket if she didn't support his views. Yeah, no, that's totally true. Just because, like, I feel like a lot of the Republicans are thinking, like, okay, he's old, so that means that Camila's just the choice because he's old, and if he dies, then we get Camila. I don't think that's the case. I think she's the choice because Joe Biden trusts her and because 
they work well together and Camilla can be a very good vice president. It's not just in case Joe dies. Right. And honestly, I think Joe started thinking about adding Camilla to his ticket in the case of his nomination back during one of the um, later late stage Democratic primary debates where she ripped him a new one for his his stance on his previous record on race relations and the crime bill and that Mm -hmm. I think that speaks to having I think that speaks because a good president is someone who surrounds himself with people he can learn from or they can learn from unlike Trump who surrounds himself with Yes, mindless <laughs> sycophants yeah. and parasites who are only there to nod and smile and take his money, basically. Yeah. I think some of the best uh, advice I could ever give someone is definitely just surround yourself with people who will tell you no or people that will tell you you're wrong because those are the people that are going to get you to think and people that are going to get you to maybe change the way you think about the world. And that's not always a bad thing. It's not always a bad thing to change the way you think about stuff. It can be a growing experience. Just like uh, Joe Biden with, you know, getting over the race relations that he uh, may have had. I mean, he's, what, 78, right, I think? I think something like that. So I'm not saying, doesn't excuse the fact that he had those things happen in the past, but um, someone of an older age might have a more difficult time getting over that just because that's the place they grew up in. Yeah, he is 77. 77. That's just the the environment they grew up in. And someone who's willing to move past that and accept that this is the world we live in today. We're accepting. We love each other. We want to be one United States. And you can see it in his speeches and the way he talks that he really thinks that now. And he really cares about the American people. Regardless of who you are. Exactly. He makes that... Um, that statement all the time about how this isn't about my family, this isn't about his family, this is about your family, the American people. It's about you. This election is about what you want this nation to reflect for the next four years. Definitely. And I, I think that the nation is speaking out already. That yes. we're not, we're not here to, to have this divisive, disgusting, racist, bigoted, homophobic administration for another four years we're ready to come together as americans yeah and i think yeah he says this he says this as well in his speeches we're not just you know we're not red states blue states we are the united states we're together we're one country right something that's really empowering to hear you know we don't have to be separated and i think that's one thing we were talking about is joe biden knows he's a transitional president um Mm -hmm. but I think he also knows that this is a time to bring everybody back together to start to unify and rebuild what we had before the pumpkin came into office. Before Jack Skellington came into office. (laughs) Pumpkin King. Um, You want to know what I'm excited about for um, a Camilla VP Mm. is just to sit there or just to watch her interactions with the Senate Mm -hmm. and to watch her just give it to Mitch McConnell and the Republicans every time that she has to be in there. That would be amazing. Well, hopefully Mitch McConnell isn't there though, (laughs) (laughs) but it would be good to see him get his ash ripped. Or how about Dr. Biden, Dr. Jill Biden as a first lady, you know, right now the right likes to talk about and claim that there's a war on Christmas 
the first lady's on tape saying, fuck Christmas. I don't care about decorating. Fuck this. The fuck is this? No dog. No Christmas decorations. Ruined the Rose Garden. Oh, God. I think every person who knew the Rose Garden when it went in, like who was there when the Rose Garden went in, wept when she just destroyed it. And I just, I loved the clapback that um, Pete Buttigieg's, Buttigieg's husband had on Twitter. I died because he, he posted a picture of it and said, and y'all could have had a gay in the office doing this. <laughs> and I died. <laughs> but I guess the country was not ready yet. <laughs> yeah. Soon, I can feel it. I hope so. Um, so, yeah, it would be exciting to see, you know, a administration who cares about these traditions that the American presidency has, like decorating the White House. And I know it sounds trivial, but having a pet. Like, yeah, I mean, there are just, even if it's not important to policy, there are just things that as an American president you do, you know, like yeah. you have some sort of a pet. It can be anything. <laughs> but, you know, you have a hawk. That. I don't care. Yeah, you do that. <laughs> just you know? do something. It's just something you do. And somebody who comes in and just uproots those traditions. It, a care in the world is kind of just like, wow, you really don't care about this, do you? The presence of a pet humanizes the office, I think. That too. Like, yeah. having a pet is just another thing that the American people can look at and be like, oh, they have a pet. Like, yeah. it's something we can relate to. We all we all know or know somebody that has a dog or a pet and, or have one ourselves. So, like, we know the joy that that can bring. And it's just, it's nice as a, as the public just to sit there and be like, Look at that. They're just like us. Yeah, they have a dog, too. I mean, it's always been hard to relate to Trump, though, with, you know, billions he's, of dollars. This man pays $750 in taxes. He's so out of touch. He wouldn't even know his own name if it wasn't printed on anything he owned. <laughs> so fucking underwear as Trump. <laughs> uh, yeah. Otherwise, he'll be putting Melania's on. <laughs> But, oh my goodness. Alright, well, you want to take a short break real quick and we'll be right back? Yeah, sounds good. Um, we will be right back with you guys for some more. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you so much for holding by. Um, I think this one's just going to be a little shorter than last week because the main main yeah. thing we're all waiting for is just the election. Um, yeah. It's a bit hard to find topics to talk about when everybody's <laughs> just focused on who will win. Right. Um, and as it approaches, I know, you know, everybody is getting a lot, a lot of stress and anxiety about this election. There's a lot riding on this election. So take a moment between now and Tuesday to do something nice for yourself. You know, take care of each other. Go, go get your favorite meal. You know, go find some ice cream. Just... Do something to take care of your mental health. Yeah, de-stress, relax, do something good for yourself, like Nathan said. Definitely, um, as well as mental health, make sure you're watching your physical health with coronavirus spikes. You don't want to be someone that gives it to someone else, so make sure you're washing your hands. I Personally, I keep a bottle of hand sanitizer in my car, so when I get back from the store, I can just put it on immediately. I don't have to worry about anything. Wash your hands, wear your mask, social distance. Just make sure that you're okay. <laughs> 
please vote. Vote, vote, vote. Tuesday, November 3rd. Yeah, I'll say it again. Uh, I said it last week. I side with.com. If you're really not sure, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably leaning left after everything we've said. Or you just hate us. But either way. <laughs> either way. Uh, go to isidewith.com if you're really not sure about who you want to vote for. Mm-hmm. It will ask you every question in the world about what you think. And you, it will show you who you know you side with the most. And then you can vote for them or vote for somebody else that you find on there. Um, find out what you really believe in. Vote for what you trust in. Yeah, and then uh, votesaveamerica.com is also a good one. They they have a new tool that will let you build your own ballot, um, so that way you can make the plan ahead of time. You can see, you know, what the person's views are that you're uh, that's on the ballots. Um, it also includes ballot measures for states that have those on this election, so that way, and it breaks down what it means um, and translates it from the legal garbage garbage that they write for their bills and ballot measures so that way you know what what it's talking about and you can know which way you want to vote on it so um, make a plan take care of yourself take care of each other be nice to each other Um, if you have any questions or topics suggestions for the next podcast you can um, of course email it to thefreethinkerpod at gmail.com um, and that will be in the description as well. Or clap us back on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> um, but thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, I will hopefully be celebrating a Biden victory next time you hear from us. Um, please, God. <laughs> but please take care of each other. Um, have a wonderful day. Bye. Bye.